Grace and mercy and peace be with you, dear friends in Christ, from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. As we gather together for worship throughout this holy week, we gather together under this overarching theme, Are You Ready? And on Palm Sunday, last night on Monday, Thursday, tonight on Good Friday, on Easter morning, we gather together under an action of Jesus that he did on that particular day that begins with the letter R. So on Palm Sunday, we gather together under the word ride. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, we focused on what a ride it is for us as we follow Jesus Christ in our lives. And not only do we follow Jesus, but through holy baptism, we are actually united with Jesus in life, united with Jesus in death, and united with Jesus in resurrection. See, this ride with Jesus, this Christian life, this ride leads to resurrection. It's where we're going. Last night on Monday, Thursday, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he had a feast, the Passover feast, with his disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem. And on that night, that chaos was about to ensue, the night that Jesus was being handed over, he was in that room, around that table, with his betrayer. And you know what he did on that night with his betrayer? He reclined. He offered his very true presence for the sake of his betrayer, for the sake of his denier, Peter, for the sake of all sinners. And Jesus offers the same to us every day of our lives, that Jesus desires to offer his presence, to recline with us, that we may have peace and hope every day of our lives. Tonight we gather under this word, ravage. Ravage. The definition of ravage is to cause severe or extensive damage to something. To ravage something means to cause severe or extensive damage to something. It's an appropriate word to describe the body of Jesus Christ on Friday. Ravage. Ravage. I don't think that I need to spend a lot of time tonight explaining to you the agony that Jesus experienced on that last day of his life. I don't think I need to spend a lot of time explaining to you his agony. I don't think I need to describe for you or explain what it would be like the hurt in Jesus' heart, having his dear friend Judas betray him. I don't think I need to explain what it would be like to have somebody betray you because, frankly, you already all know what that's like. You've had people turn their backs on you, people you thought were on your side and then they were not, right? I don't need to explain to you what Jesus went through. You've experienced it. I don't think that you need me to describe for you what it was like for Jesus to be an innocent man sent to the death penalty, because you've all heard stories of innocent people sent to die. Now, while none of you have been in those shoes of having the death penalty handed to you, even though you didn't deserve it, I don't think any of you have been there, you have probably been wrongly accused of something at some point in your lives. 
And you know what it's like to be wrongly accused when somebody thinks you did something terrible and you didn't do it. You know how frustrating it is, how disappointing it is, and even in some situations, how much that can actually tarnish or completely ruin your reputation. I think you probably understand what it's like for people to twist your words around and use them against you. You know, that's what the soldiers were doing to Jesus. They were, they were taking his words, twisting them around and using them against him, right? Hail, King of the Jews! Pilate had asked him, are, are you the King of the Jews? And Jesus said, it is as you say. Well, we're going to take that and we're going to use it to mock you. They twisted his words around and used it to insult him in mockery. And at the same time they're twisting his words around, others are also twisting together a crown of thorns to put on top of his head. And I, I don't think I need to explain to you what it would be like to have thorns in a crown shoved into the skin on your scalp. I don't think I need to describe the physical pain. And then on top of that physical pain is the emotional pain of being ravaged by people's words. Do I need to describe for you the agony of Jesus? Probably not. Now, maybe it's been a while uh, since anybody has made fun of you, called you names. Maybe it's been since junior high. Some of you gathered here tonight are in junior high. But even those of you when you were in junior high, whether you were getting made fun of or you were making fun of people, you probably remember those words, those names that were called upon you or upon others. Right? You know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, well, they do hurt, right? They do. And those words of mockery were used against Jesus constantly as he's journeying to the cross. But then even while he is on the cross, people are wagging their heads, making fun of him. And on top of that, not only are the words insulting him, but the sticks and stones, sticks at least, are being used. They're taking sticks and hitting him on the head. And the other, the other gospels describe how Jesus' back is whipped, and as it's whipped, it's ripped apart. I don't think I need to explain to you tonight the physical and the emotional ravaging that the body of Jesus is experiencing on Good Friday. You know, by the time that Jesus actually makes it to the cross on top of that hill called Golgotha, his body is wrecked, it is ravaged, it is tattered, and it is torn. And no one even does anything about it. As a matter of fact, this is the whole point, right? To completely embarrass him to the point of death. And they're doing it. And just to top it off, they offer him essentially some vinegar on a stick. But he doesn't take it. The body of Jesus is wrecked. It is ravaged, it is tattered, and it is torn. Ravaged. It's an appropriate word to describe the body of Jesus on this Friday. I want to tell you a little bit about this cross that we have up here. This cross, if you get close to it, this is a ravaged cross. And you will get close to it in a little bit. You'll take a look at it. This cross is it's beaten up. It's beaten up, it's wrapped, it's got nail marks in it, it's in a way almost falling apart. 
It's become a tradition of ours here at St. Peter at Hull on Good Friday to invite everyone uh, that's in the congregation to come forward. And, and you'll have this opportunity in a minute to take a nail, take a hammer, and to pound that nail into the cross in remembrance of how it was your sin and my sin that held Jesus to the cross. It's our sin. That is the reason that Jesus had to die. Our sin. Our sin. And as you gather together tonight, there are a lot of children in worship tonight. It's wonderful that, that, that you're all here. Uh, kids, if parents, if, if your kids are old enough to pound a nail into the cross, let them do it. If they can't do it themselves, please help them. If your children here are too young to do a, a, a hammer and a nail themselves, pound a nail into the cross for them as well. Because Jesus died for them as well. So everybody in this room gets a nail on this cross tonight. You know, this is the point of this cross, is that we deserve eternal death and punishment. We deserve to be ravaged and beaten for our disobedience. But Jesus says to us, no, I will pay for your sins, not with gold or silver, but with my holy, precious blood and with my innocent suffering and death. It was my very first Good Friday here seven years ago uh, that we used this cross for the first time. And for that Good Friday, I was preaching, and I put together a little bit of a, a, a drama um, for, uh, before, my, before my sermon. And I, and I asked for some volunteers, and, and Glenn Schultz, who's here with us tonight, Glenn volunteered to, to be Jesus in this drama. And those of you who know Glenn, you can laugh at that if you want, right? But he was the only one willing. So Glenn carried the cross up front. And, and, as, and we processed in from the back. He carried the cross, he was just as Jesus would, and there was a group of people playing the role of, of onlookers and bystanders, spitting on him, mocking him, hitting him. As he got to the front here at the bottom step, he threw the cross on the ground, turned around, looked at those people, and said to them, you're not worth it. And then walked out the door. And those people, in shock and dismay, look at one another, and then they parted ways. And then I came out to preach, and essentially the message that night was, Jesus could have said that to us. He had all the authority to say, you're not worth it. But the Father would not let the cup pass from his hands, and Jesus went the way of the cross for you and for me. And so Jesus on that night instead looks on people who are not worthy, were not worthy, and he says, exactly and this is what grace is all about. This is how big grace is, that it covers over a multitude of sins. Tonight, as we talk about being ravaged, this cross has been ravaged. It is broken and is beaten. On that very first Good Friday service that this cross was used, when, when Glenn brought it in up front at, at the 1 p.m. service that day, he must have been uh, in, in the mood, but he put that cross down with force, and one of these arms on the cross just completely broke off. It broke off, and, and uh, we continued with the service with a broken arm on the cross, and between services, a couple of guys fixed it back up. The next year, uh, we were talking about, should we do this thing again, where we pound nails into the cross, we say, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and we thought, well, maybe we'll get a new cross. This one was kind of beaten up, and then we thought, ah, let's just use it again. And each year, I kind of have the same conversation in my head, and I think, man, we should, maybe we should get a new cross or do something different. And, well, I just can't, now I can't come to grips with that because this cross bears the marks, it bears scars. 
which is an appropriate image of Jesus, right? Even after his resurrection, Jesus bears the marks in his wrists and his feet and his side. Scars to show the way of the cross that he went for you and me. This cross bears the scars, the nail marks of many of our loved ones who are no longer even alive. Who are now at rest and at peace with Jesus Christ because he went the way of the cross for us. Ravaged. This cross is ravaged. It's an appropriate image for this Good Friday. The body of Jesus was ravaged. That word is an appropriate title for the body of Jesus on this Friday. And as a matter of fact, maybe it's just an appropriate word across the board for all of us as we gather tonight. Because I know a lot of you are also ravaged right now. Your bodies are ravaged. I know, I know what a lot of you are going through, and your physical bodies are actually ravaged right now. Due to the, the health conditions that you're facing, due, due to age or whatever it might be, accidents you've endured, your bodies are ravaged. And many of you are ravaged emotionally as you're dealing with a, a multitude of stressors in your life or, or grief or burdens that you bear. And I know these things that you face. I know many of you are emotionally ravaged right now. Many of you are ravaged in your relationships right now. I know, I know many of you are going through some incredibly difficult times in your relationships. They're just ravaged and ripped apart. Ravaged is an appropriate title for tonight. For ravaged people, broken and beaten by the effects of sin in this world, we gather together at a ravaged cross where a ravaged Jesus is about to breathe his last. And from that cross, in his dying breaths, he looks in the crowd and says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. But I have to tell you, friends, this isn't the end, right? This isn't the end. Everything that we're doing tonight, everything that we're doing tonight is not the end. Because as Jesus gives that loud noise and breathes his last, you know what Jesus is doing? He is descending into the depths of hell to say to Satan, you lose. You lose. It had been promised to that sneaky little serpent in the Garden of Eden that he might strike the heel of the Savior, but his head would be crushed. And that's happening now. The body of Jesus was ravaged to prevent Satan from doing any further damage to you. Jesus' body was ravaged so that he could ram shut the gates of hell for you. Jesus' body was ravaged to save you from sin and death and the power of the devil. He went the way of the cross for you and for me tonight. Tonight, death is conquered for you. Satan is defeated for you. Eternal life and forgiveness are given and granted to you through Jesus. Just a couple of years ago at a different Good Friday, I wrote a poem for Good Friday. I don't consider myself a poet, but sometimes the Spirit gives me words to speak that I guess turn into poetry. And on that Good Friday, I, I spoke that poem and I, uh, I typed it up on a piece of paper and allowed me to 
pick up a copy or multiple copies on your way out of church. And this year, I guess the Spirit decided to do that again. And so I have a poem that I want to share with you tonight. There are copies of it uh, that'll be um, for, for you on the way out. Uh, if, you, if this is beneficial for you, pick up a copy. If you think it could be beneficial for someone else, take multiple copies, use it, distribute it however you like. Um, you don't need any permission, just, just do that, please. Uh, after, I, after I speak that poem with you tonight, I will move this cross here uh, to the lower step. I'll invite Dale DeWald forward at that time. Dale and I will pound nails into this cross. Uh, and then Dale will remain up here, and he's just going to hold onto the cross just to make sure it's stabilized. Then, the, then you're invited to move into the center aisle at whatever time feels appropriate. Uh, there's two hammers, so we can have two going at once. Again, if you have your offering, you can place it in the box. After you pounded your nail, uh, go back to your seats. It, it takes a little while for this uh, to happen, not too long. So uh, after you pound a nail in or before you come up, just spend some time in peace and meditation and prayer. Uh, go back to your seat and the service will be brief uh, in conclusion after that. But let me share with you this poem. Ravaged and wrecked, tattered and torn, every day of my life since I've been born. Sin takes its toll. I can't seem to rest. Busy and beaten, you all can attest. The devil, that snake, he makes my heart ache. He is a sneaky, snarky savage who thinks he can damage, but tonight he's the one being ravaged. Because the one who bleeds does it for me. The snake's head is crushed and we are free. Are you ready to ride with the one who reclines, whose body was ravaged so that we all could rise? Come back in three days and the black will be white, flowers abundant and all will be right. Easter is coming. Death is undone. The cross is conquered. Life has won. Amen.